0: And welcome to Generations This is Kevin Swanson, your host, also Adam McManus from Worldview.com with me on this edition And Adam, we come back to this subject once every year or two Only because we are seeing one of the most outrageous phenomenon in the history of the Western world Certainly the history of the world as well in that the despair deaths in America continue on the rise. And we get these articles every year because the stats come off of the CDC. And Christian Post included this article in which, wow, despair deaths, very, very high. Uh, But here, first, the Netherlands. So we'll get to America in just a moment. It's not just the Netherlands. We're going to get to America in just a moment. But uh, the Netherlands now opening up the opportunity for suicide for Folks that uh, really don't have a serious or life-threatening illness. Uh, Apparently. For any reason at all. Wow. For no reason at all. Just somebody wants to end their life. A doctor can step in and say, here, let me help you. Thank you very much. And this is, of course, counter to everything the medical industry should be all about. This is counter to a Christian world and life view. Uh, This is counter to the Hippocratic Oath that uh, stated that the purpose for medical care was to protect, to save, to preserve the life of the patient. And that's, of course, just the opposite of all of that. So the death of a civilization, the death of a Christian influence upon a civilization, is being experienced by our folks out in the Netherlands. One of the saddest stories I think we've seen in a long time.
1: It's shocking. A Netherlands Times poll revealed among 200,000 people, this is not a small poll. I mean, this is not a 1,000 people, which is a typical poll sample. 200,000 people in the Netherlands, 80% of them said they affirmed the idea that elderly people who feel as though they've reached the end of their lives for whatever reason should now be able to obtain assisted suicide. In other words, a super majority of respondents favor allowing assisted suicide regardless of whether the person who's requesting it is even terminally ill. So they might be depressed. They might feel anxious about the times in which they live. They might feel pressure from children or grandchildren to get their inheritance. Who knows what their motivation might be. They might have gone through even... In the latter stages of life, people who've been widowed might have gone through a difficult breakup. There's 101 reasons why people become despairing and why they might want to end their lives. It doesn't justify it. Neither does, by the way, uh, the idea of being terminally ill justify assisted suicide. So 10% of those surveyed opposed expanding eligibility for legal assisted suicide in the Netherlands, and 10%... Did not have a, an opinion. I always wonder about these people that don't have an opinion on something so glaringly
0: problematic. Uh, that's it's pretty sad. Only 10% of folks in the Netherlands would oppose assisted suicide for virtually no reason whatsoever. Wow. This is uh, opening us up for a Nazi-style bloodbath like you would not believe. As we have said before, in this country, 80 million baby boomers now retiring And uh, they're the same people who killed 80 million babies. What will their siblings do to their parents? Given that their parents killed their siblings over a period of the last 40 years, wow, we're looking at the biggest bloodbath of the elderly, I think, that the human race has ever seen. Unless, uh, you know, those who stand in a biblical, God-centered worldview will stand up and say, no, thus far... And uh, no further. But uh, evidently, 80%, eight times the number of people who oppose assisted suicide for no reason whatsoever are supporting it. So that's pretty sad. It seems to me that we are in a poor, poor state of affairs. The poll was conducted in response to the European nations legislature considering a bill that would allow people over the age of 75 to have medical help to end their lives for virtually no reason whatsoever. So. This is, um, I think, a very, very sad direction or trajectory taken by the Netherlands.
1: According to the bill, those seeking to end their lives for any reason at all over the age of 75 would undergo a six-month process before they would be allowed to do so, including meeting with a so-called end-of-life counselor. Don't you love the euphemisms here? they would need to meet with that counselor on at least three separate occasions. I love what Wesley Smith said about all of this. He's an author of a number of very important books, Forced Exit, The Slippery Slope from Assisted Suicide to Legalized Murder, another one that was 1997, a 2001 book, Culture of Death, The Assault on Medical Ethics in America, and also a new one, 2016 relatively, Culture of Death, The Age of do Harm Medicine. And he says, as the senior fellow at the Discovery Institute's Center on Human Exceptionalism, in a recent op-ed piece in the National Review, quote, once a society embraces killing as an answer to suffering, the suffering that qualifies for termination never stops expanding that's since right. lethal that's mm-hmm. injection yeah, euthanasia mm-hmm. became decriminalized and then formally legalized. The killable caste has expanded from the terminally ill to the chronically ill to people with disabilities to babies born with serious medical conditions to the mentally ill, end quote. He went on to say, quote, why should eligibility be age-directed and why not open the death option to younger people? Because doesn't every suicidal person believe their their life is completed? Euthanasia, he says, corrupts public morality and the human conscience. End quote. Don't you think he's really explained it well?
0: He's he's right on. He's right on. Absolutely right on. Some slippery slopes are more slippery than others. This is probably the most slippery slope uh, available to mankind, and uh, this approaches the Nazi nightmare. I, I truly. Truly, it seems the Dutch were standing as stalwarts against the Nazi Holocaust, or they did what they could during World War II. Now, I guess if you can't join them or if you can't fight them, join them. That's uh, what is happening with uh, the Dutch now as they approach a death culture. This fits in almost perfectly with the abortion vision, as I said, the death vision for a nation. 80 million baby boomers in this country killed 80 million babies. What will their siblings do that survived? Uh, for the 80 million baby boomers that killed the 80 million babies once Social Security runs out of other people's money, and I do think there's something of a pragmatic issue. The Netherlands, by the way, was the first country in the world to formally legalize voluntary euthanasia in the year 2001, and they became something of a medical model for the rest of the world, quote-unquote. There is life in the Netherlands, praise God. We have a team in the Netherlands who are translating our material into the Dutch, and, uh, and printing. So, you know, there, there, there are homeschoolers, there are Christians, there is a fa- small minority of those a that remnant. are still standing for God and refusing to compromise on God's word in the nation of the Netherlands. The Netherlands, uh, the story, I think, is something of a tragic story over the years. Their colonialism and mission work in Indonesia was pretty void of fruit. They were, of course, a very strong slave state in terms of uh, their aggressive Transporting of slaves from one part of the world to another. Also, their mission work in South Africa was pretty void of fruit. Uh, the Moravians, the Lutherans, the Presbyterians, like Robert Moffat, others were far more fruitful. The Moravians countered the Dutch on Saint Thomas, the island out in the Caribbean. Abraham Kuyper, a uh, good guy, he was a conservative, advocated something of a Christian worldview. Providing for what we call sphere sovereignty, wrote on sphere sovereignty, their roles of family, church, and state as defined by God's law. And to to some extent, that was super helpful. And let's remember Corey ten Boom and Brother Andrew. Uh, They were very much pro-life and defending the Jews and those being persecuted over on the other side of the Iron Curtain. Very courageous, very faithful in their humility and service. But as you think about the Netherlands, they were one of the first states, in fact, I think the first state to legalize same-sex sexual activity in 1811 1811 after france invaded the country installed the napoleonic code wow so we're talking 1811 yeah long time ago and of course the first country in the world to legalize same-sex marriage in 2001 so a very shameful very humiliating very horrendous record for the nation of the netherlands leading the christian apostasy in the western world now i'm not wanting to pick on one particular nation Adam except to say that the dutch have led the western protestant apostasy over the last 100 years <laughs> and the message to the dutch as i see it is the same message uh, to the american christians that we have aired over and over again if my people called by my name will humble themselves confess their sins etc and uh, before i take the break i just i just i have a message i believe to the western world and my first chapter of epoch the rise and fall of the west and I do believe they're just too much pride, not enough support of international missions, too much self-sufficiency about American Christians and the Dutch Christians. And uh, this is the way I say it in the first chapter of Epoch, The Rise and Fall of the West. Here it goes. This is a simple story, but one that needs to be told. The fall of the West will stand out in world history as paradigmatic as the fall of Jerusalem or the fall of Rome. The lesson is a simple one. Just one more iteration of the Proverbs 16, 18 principle. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. It's hardly worth defending the truism by historical example, for this divinely ordained law stands as true and obvious as the force of gravity. The Apostle Paul issued the clarion warning to the early European church while describing the spiritual downfall of his fellow Jews in Romans eleven eighteen 18 through 20. Do not boast against the branches. Do not be haughty. But fear, in the course of history, the Western Gentiles boasted, they were high-minded, and they did not fear God. This is the story of the Christian West, and there isn't much more to add to it. Nevertheless, this was the tragedy of biblical proportions. Such stories must yield sorrow and continual grief, that's Romans 9.2, or there will be no heart left in us. Not unlike the Jewish experience of AD seventy, the tragic nature of what happened defies all description. The consequences are severe. A prominent example: the severity of God. Romans eleven twenty two. It's appropriate to feel the heart of the apostle Paul communicated with such pathos in the ninth through the eleventh chapters of Romans eleven. Mourning and sorrow indicates what spiritual feeling is left in the heart. Yet still, another response is called for as the remnant grapples with the sadness and the horror of it all. God still shows mercy on all. And with Paul, we exalt in the perfection of his wisdom and purpose in all things. The severity of this book reflects the severity of God. Of course, the proud heart would reject the message out of hand. Too pessimistic, too severe, too depressing comes the charge. The other set of prophets are always crying out, peace, peace, when there is no peace. To pretend the fall didn't happen or manufacture an eschatology which would distort the picture is of no benefit to the people of God. Humility, confession, and faith are the right responses. The purpose of this survey of the rise and fall of the West is simply this, to encourage the remnant to humility. Yes. The message is the same as Paul's admonition to the Roman Gentiles. Be humble. Humble yourself before the mighty hand of God. Yet we must not conclude that the word of God has failed to take effect. Certainly the purposes of God will not be thwarted. By the fall of the West, the riches of the kingdom have fallen upon the whole world. Romans 11, 12. The last 200 years have seen the largest expansion of the Christian faith in the history of the church. Christianity has fanned out into the global South, Africa, Asia, and Latin America. All praise be to God. That's the introduction to my book, Epoch, the rise and fall of the West. i recommended recommend it to our listening audience, Adam.
1: I love it. Very well put. Before we conclude this segment, I do want to add some very interesting things from this Christian post article about the Netherlands. Number one, it was the first country in the world to legalize euthanasia, 2001. And when they did so, They had very strict restrictions. It was only allowed for patients suffering from constant and incurable pain, mandated second opinion. The person requesting it had to be of sound mind. That's all gone away. And by the way, in terms of raw numbers, the Dutch news says as of April, 8,700 people died by euthanasia in the Netherlands just last year alone, Hmm. representing a 14% increase From the year before, right. here's who are asking for it. People, mm-hmm. majority yeah. are cancer patients, 288 of them suffering from dementia, which is a 34% increase from 2021. So that's some more of the background of where the Netherlands is coming from. Mm
0: hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah. The the, the slippery slope is getting even more slippery, and the velocity at which uh, Netherlands is tumbling down the slope is only increasing year by year. But we're going to pick on America next, on Generations. Uh, Stay with me. More to come. Hello, my friends. For the last 15 years, the Generations team has produced a Christian curriculum, specifically for families who want to give their children a God-centered, Bible-saturated, biblical worldview-based education. Our commitment is to restore the Christian faith, generational faith in an age where we are losing faith in this country and almost anywhere around the world, where Christian children attend secular schools or use secular curriculum and imbibe secular culture. Now we're not relying on the pre-Christian Greeks for an educational model here. We're not relying on the post-Christian secularists for the education model either. Our curriculum is based in a biblical worldview. We put hundreds of Bible verses in the history books and integrate the truths into the subjects. We want to glorify God on every page of the science books. We immediately integrate knowledge into life application and natural revelation with special revelation. We keep Christ at the very center of the history books with preparing the world for Jesus and taking the world for Jesus. I believe God is calling this generation in this highly secularized age to a radical change in how they disciple their children. Please check out our program for education of your children and grandchildren at www.generations.org. And we are back on the Generations broadcast as we continue to chronicle the despair-death increase In the Netherlands, as well as the United States. And of course, the approval on the part of the civil magistrate to something of this trend. And we're going to get to the good news in just a moment. So obviously, the good news is Jesus, his life, his resurrection. But for now, we see that the death of the West is the death of hope, the death of a belief in the resurrection life of Jesus Christ. It is the turning away of Faith from the Christian faith to a despair and nihilistic worldview. Well, the increase in despair deaths has been virtually non stop for 25 years. The elbow on the curve appears to be at 2013 but we continue to see an increase year by year i was expecting there'd be something of a dip at some point but not yet we're continuing to see the rapid increase of despair deaths which includes alcohol-related deaths drug overdose deaths and suicides the cnn article that just came out this year indicates we see another increase of suicides in america 49,449 lives lost to intentional self-harm in 2022, and uh, that's an increase from 2021. The same thing applies to drug overdose deaths, far, far more, a 50-fold increase since the 1970s, since 1979. I was shocked as I compared the numbers from 1979, something like 2,900 deaths to drug overdose in 1979 were upwards of 112,000 on a month-to-month basis, as calculated by a month-to-month basis by the CDC thus far this year. So we're hitting 112,000 for 2023, a steady increase year by year, Adam.
1: That's right. And if you look at 2022 alone, just take those three categories. Number one, overdose deaths was 109,000 in 2022. Suicides, about 50,000. And then alcohol-related deaths, that includes both car accidents and alcohol poisoning, 95,000. The total despair deaths for those three categories in 2022, overdose deaths, suicides, and alcohol-related deaths, 254,000 in
0: America. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. And, and, folks, we're talking about you know an increase from just a couple of thousand back in the late 1970s, now upwards of 250,000 despair deaths on a y- annual basis. Put that together, Adam. Just put it together. You know, let's say you're a in a part of a community of a small church, 200 people, over a period of 10 years, you're going to see two despair deaths on average. Well, unless you know that church is committing themselves to the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ, of course. Unless there's hope. But if you're looking at a small community of you know folks within a say a small neighborhood, or maybe they're the 200 people you work with, uh, your coworkers in some particular small company somewhere. Over a period of 10 years, you're going to see two despair deaths in that small group of, say, 200 adults. That's just astounding. That's just outrageous. That's, uh, that means that, you know, in, in terms of younger people, this is one of the m- most significant means by which younger people are dying in their young age.
1: And it's all due to a lack of hope. As Christians, we know that faith in Jesus Christ gives us much hope. Jeremiah 29, 11, often quoted, but so relevant, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. If those people who took their own lives, who overdosed and who died of alcohol-related deaths had a sense of hope from God Almighty, their creator, these deaths would have been highly unlikely.
0: Well, of course, it's not just drugs, but any form of escapism, any form of abandoning reality becomes a slow death, a slow death uh, of avoiding relationship, avoiding God's reality and uh, attempting to escape, you know, the realities of real life. Uh, And of course, you know, drugs, therefore, become a means of suicide. Yes. The reason why people are rushing into marijuana Cocaine and other forms of of drugs, as well as, you know, over-the-counter drugs, is because they have lost uh, a sense of of the value of life. They love deaths. Proverbs 8.35 speaks of wisdom, which really is Jesus. Uh, Now listen to this. Whoever finds me finds life. Again, that speaks of Jesus. Jesus is wisdom personified in uh, Proverbs chapter 8. Whoever finds me finds life and obtains the favor of the Lord, but he who fails to find me harms himself. All who hate me love death. And if that doesn't synopsize what's happening in the Netherlands and the United States, I don't know what would. The Western countries have seen Jesus and they're running away from him now. They've turned away from him. They've heard of his love and they they went ahead and spit on him and took his name in vain and then they went off and embraced death. So and the abandonment of the possibility of absolute truth, of hope, of meaning, purpose for life, etc., means that uh, folks are going to embrace meaninglessness and purposelessness and hopelessness. And these things will logically lead to suicide. People commit suicide, Adam, because they don't think that life is worth living. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know, there, there's just no possibility of, of hoping and finding value in life anymore they've given up on that possibility Uh, so there's no value to all of this or no possibility of good happening in the world where god is not sovereign god is not good god is not going to bring good out of evil as far as they are thinking of it there's no value to relationships love receiving gifts from god and others and giving gifts to others there's no value to any of this because they've abandoned these things See, life is full of pain and, and suffering and loss, but that, but that has to be of secondary concern for us because we've got all these positives to live as Christ, to die as gain. We have the positives of hope and love and relationship and receiving gifts from God and realizing his mercies are new every morning. See, for Christians, that's the case, and so therefore life is worth living for us. Does that make sense?
1: I'm reminded of the Intervention Reality Show on A&E, I would watch it and just be amazed. They would follow a given person, typically in their 20s or 30s, going from one high to the next, where they're shooting up heroin or snorting up cocaine up their nose. And they had abandoned all sense of responsibility. They didn't care if they had to steal from their own parents or spouse to pay for their drug of choice but inevitably within the first 10 minutes of the show intervention, they explained some reason why this person wanted to escape their reality. Someone had hurt them, harmed them. They'd gone through a a divorce, a job loss, whatever it was, it was something so painful they wanted to escape it. And because they didn't know Christ is their savior, they turn to alcohol and drugs. And, and of course, at the end point, there were a group of family and friends who brought them into an intervention situation that they didn't expect. It was a surprise. And they said, either you have to go to rehabilitation right now, get on a plane right now, it's already paid for or we can no longer stand by and enable this. And I think by contrast to that A&E reality show intervention, Romans fifteen thirteen, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. I mean, hope is overflowing.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, hope in the resurrection of Jesus, hope that all of this turns out well. There, there's more to life than to this pain. And we, we all suffer pain and suffering. We do. We suffer loss, serious loss. But there's something besides this loss. There's faith and hope and love. And all this will make life worth living. There's a mission for us. God has a mission for us. We're here for a reason. We're the servants of Jesus. We are not our own. We are bought with a price. Therefore, we're going to glorify God in our body. So why is suicide wrong? Suicide is selfish. Selfish. Suicide is serving yourself. not serving Jesus. Suicide is a violation of the Sixth Commandment, that's obvious. You shall not murder. Doesn't say who to you're not to murder. Just says you shall not murder. Just not the murder. It's against God's law. Suicide is taking the matter of life and death into your own hands. And and, and I think the ultimate, the ultimate argument against suicide, it's embracing the lie. It denies everything Jesus says. It embraces death instead of embracing the life of Christ. And the truth of Jesus and the love of Jesus and sharing that love with others, it's just one big lie. And, uh, and for these reasons, suicide is very, very, very wrong. And we as Christians should stand against it, but ultimately stand against it because we have a message of life and hope that comes through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus came because he is the way, the truth, and the life. And he has brought that resurrection life to us. And whoever believes in him shall not perish, but right now shall have eternal life. And that's a promise you can take to the bank with you. Amen. Well, that wraps up this edition of the Generations Broadcast. We just want to leave you with hope, the hopeful message of the Lord Jesus Christ. If there was ever a time in which Christians need to get out there and share that message, man, we need to be everywhere, all over the place, all the time, sharing that message with others. This is Kevin Swanson and Adam McManus, and we invite you back again next time as we continue to lay down a vision for the next generation.